What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another Batman News Weekly. Is this episode 40? I don't know. Or is it 39? I, don't, I, I lose count. I think it's 40 because 39. Yeah. I think last episode was 39. Okay. Well, if it is episode 40, we have a special episode for you guys because we're going to be going through the series that has 40 issues known as Gotham Central, uh, which, sorry, my I don't know why Siri was like, oh, yes, I want to talk about it, too. Um, so, uh, but before we start this podcast, uh, there's unfortunately some sad news that we need to cover because Martin Pascal, I believe is how you name Pascal is how you say his name. The co-writer of Batman mask of the phantasm has passed away. Really? So, yeah. He passed away on wow. the, uh, I think he passed away a couple of days ago. When was this written? Passed away at the age of 65, uh, on May 11th, this was written. So, um, yeah, so the co-writer of Mask of the Phantasm has passed away. So, you know, uh, you know, our respects go out to the family. You know, he was uh, it's one of the beta- best piece of Batman art uh, that's ever been put out. Definitely one of the best Batman movies that has been put out. So, you know, it just always sucks to lose a legend. And um, For that sure. That's crazy. Movie. That yeah. is crazy. And hopefully, um, you know, uh, Tom King is a very sentimental person. So hopefully... There is like a cool little Martin Pascal like tribute or something in Batcat since it will deal with Mask of the Phantasm, which would be kind of cool yeah. because um, since he co-wrote, I wonder if he is considered part of the creation of that. Like, I don't know if he's because con- Phantasm was a new character in that movie. So yeah. I don't know technically who is considered the creator of Phantasm. So um, that'll be really interesting. But either way, uh, yeah. Co-writer of Batman, Martin Pascal, has passed away, so that kind of blows. Um, so yeah, but uh, we did, do want to let you guys know. What, well, I was gonna say, did you hear about the crazy Robert Pattinson thing? This like, I just heard he did an interview recently. Yeah, but I don't know. Like, I read it, but I didn't really see anything. Basically, about he it. he made a joke about uh-huh. not uh about n- not working out during the pandemic. And uh, everybody's flipping out. Everybody. But I mean, uh, they had that photo of him running and stuff. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. So, uh, so much so that uh, a pretty, unfortunately, a pretty big name in the geek world and podcast circles, uh, Campia, if you yeah. know him, uh, he. I hate Campia. <laughs> he, I hate him. I he, hate him. he blew up. Like it is. It is. He reacted in a way that no adult should ever react to Batman yeah. news. Yeah. Uh basically saying that Pattinson is a piece of shit for wow. not, you know, taking into account the respect that the fans deserve, uh saying that he needs to actually uh get off of his ass and work for the reason why he got hired and uh-huh. all all sorts of stuff and people actually agree with campia on this and i'm just like well, i can't stand campia, i'm like dude. chill the fuck out dude like yeah, chill out i never liked collider because of him um i still don't really watch collider just because he was so, so i just i just i just saw the small it was like a minute 45 second clip of his reaction mm-hmm. and it's embarrassing yeah no man i i can't stand a lot of the stuff he says um and like, just he comes off as very smug, and I I can't stand that in people. Like very smug, and at the same time, this isn't a John Campia 
shit an hour, which I guess it could be if we wanted to. <laughs> but, um, you know, I just don't like the way he's handled a lot of situations. I don't like the way he kind of talks about a lot of stuff. Yeah. And he, when DCU was like in the garbage, like in the trash, he would always shit on it. And he would always, he said that there was going to be some huge, devastating news that was going to happen to um, the DCEU that fans were going to be in an uproar about. And it never happened. And it was post-Batflag, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. But, like, he was just like, oh, it's going to ruin the DCEU, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, where is it at? I was like, where is it at? Are you just a fucking attention whore? Like, what was the deal? Like, There's, unfortunately, unfortunately, there is a small group of people along with Campia, that just love, like, just shitting on anything that everybody else loves, like, to be honest. Because he'll he'll shit-talk DCEU, but he'll shit-talk Marvel, and then he'll, like, praise Marvel, and then he'll praise DC, and he just does it for the views. And I hate people like that. Yeah, I can't stand Campia, man. He's not somebody that I ever recommend. He's not somebody I would source. He's not anything. Unless it was just something I had to. Um, granted he has had a source here or there but other than that like he just comes off as you know like and and i've never met the guy he could be the sweetest guy ever but there is this thing in human nature that some people just rub you the wrong way and they just give off a bad vibe and he gives me a bad vibe and i I just can't stand that guy yeah um but you know what if he's like super nice and he's done stuff and he helps people cool that's great um you know what i would glad that he does but for me i just i can't stand the guy um but anyways uh no i didn't hear that i heard that um i heard him do an interview and he was talking about how uh every like batman has its own thing like they were asking him like what was so appealing to batman kind of the question he's probably got like a million times already yeah um but he was talking about how they were kind of saying like like what do you do with something that's so iconic like taking over that role and he was talking about how um, everybody's kind of done their own thing with Batman. You know what I mean? There's been a lot of great Batmans. Like, Bales was great, and he was, like, freaking... The Burton ones were great, and blah, blah. And he talked about how everybody was different. And, um, yeah, it was just really it was really interesting um, about that. Like, he was just like, you know, I'm just hoping to make my own character. You know what I mean? Like, to make yeah, my own sure. Batman version. I think that was kind of cool. There was another article I read over the week or since the last podcast talking about Val, Kim- Val Kilmer's reason for leaving because mm-hmm. apparently there was scheduling conflicts with him record like making another film mm-hmm. and I don't know if um he wanted to make the other film uh like I don't know if it really wanted to really do that other one or he just like it was a huge scheduling conflict so he had to pick between one or another so he should have been in the Clooney one but he wasn't huh. um and what ended up happening was the reason why he decided to leave Batman was because during one of the filmings or one of the like shoots or something like that, Warren Buffett, who is the you know super iconic billionaire investor guy, yeah, showed up on set apparently, and everybody only gave a fuck about Warren Buffett, and he was like, and it just made him think he was all, I'm playing Batman, he was all, but if somebody like Warren Buffett comes into the room, me playing Batman doesn't fucking matter at all. He was like, so anybody can play this role, and so wow. he just kind of like he's like, eh, whatever. So that was really interesting. I mean. To have that kind of mindset, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But I mean, at the same time, this is also coming from a, at the time, a pretty big rock star. Weird Science, you got freaking Top Gun, you have uh, his spy movie. I don't know if that came out after Batman or not. 
But yeah, I mean, yeah. back in the day, Val Kilmer was a pretty big rock star. And if it wasn't yeah. for this, you know, unfortunate sickness that he has, I think it has mm-hmm. something to do with his throat. Yeah. Um, he probably would have kept being that rock star. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, you know, things happen. Uh, I know that there was at one point he had a, uh, he was going to be at either uh, the Alamo City Comic Con or whatever, but yeah. you couldn't see him. He was like behind curtains and everything and to get a picture you had to like yeah. sign this waiver saying that you won't share it and like all these different things. It was weird. It was really yeah. weird. Yeah, because he's definitely, um, you know, it's no, it's no um, secret that you know he's not. He doesn't look the best anymore. Yeah, like you know, he looks like he's gained some weight. He's kind of everybody's like, oh, he really let himself go and blah blah. Um, and you know what? That's you know it. it everybody has their own reasons for you know how they are and like again like if i don't know when that happened i don't know about his sickness because i i honestly only learned about his sickness when he came to our comic-con i was like i was like oh shit and they're like yeah man he can't talk and blah blah blah. and i was like oh for real i was like what and so that's when i learned about it i thought he was just you know an actor that used to be really big lost you know his mind probably because it feels like that's what a lot of actors go through (laughs) or you know drug habits or whatever yeah for sure variety and, uh, you know, I thought maybe he was trying to make a comeback or something. I didn't know he was sick for the longest time. So I thought that was pretty crazy. Yeah. But uh, it's it's always interesting to see, man. Um, did you hear, though, which I'm very interested in, that the Twilight chick, the writer, is dropping another book? Yes. So she, you know she, that means people are going to be like, <gasps> So it's, it's really bad because <laughs> there was a thing on Twitter that said, uh, man, is uh, Stephanie Meyer really going to be dropping another book right when – Pattinson is finally getting over all this Twilight shit. Like he is back in the limelight. This is the worst possible time for Stephanie Meyer to drop this book. Yeah. Like it is the worst and best time because at this point, all the studios are going to be like, wait a minute. You just dropped more movies. Oh, Pattinson's back in the limelight. Oh, I think we can get something. And oh my God, this man. The only way he does that movie is if they're like here's 20 million dollars for this one movie i think that it's more i think it's way, more than that and he probably but if that movie is gonna pull in a billion that's nothing they're but, like but 30 see, million. here's here's like, the thing here's the thing and i want to i want to talk to you about this a little bit just because of some new developments in this whole uh-huh. video on demand stuff small little tangent here with that so Recently, mm-hmm. recently with the video on demand stuff, Trolls 2 made $50 million. And it was video on demand. That is more yeah. than Trolls 1 did in its entire three month the- theatrical release. Yeah. So people are like freaking out about this because of this Universal, you know. Did, you know, that petty, oh, we're not going to show, or not Universal, sorry, AMC was very petty towards Universal and said, hey, because of this, we're not going to be showing any any Universal movies once we open up theaters again, blah, blah, blah. But a lot of people are saying that theaters will probably never again have that big capacity, you know, movie theater. And because of that, the $1 billion movies are probably going to be gone for quite some time. So what do you think? Well, I think what will happen is 
I think they're going to get to an area where it's both. I think we're going to get theatrical releases and we're going to get VOD releases. I think yeah. that's what's going to happen, where you can rent it for 24 hours. I think they'll probably push out VOD releases or our theater releases for a month to see how they do and then drop them. Um, or it might be like two weeks or something. Because uh, yeah. Netflix does that. Netflix will drop a movie in theaters for two weeks and then it's straight to Netflix. So That's true. Um, they did do that with uh, The Irishman. That's true. Yeah. And I think the Bird movie... Bird Box was the one. Bird Box was in theaters. Holy crap! I did not know that. I didn't know yeah, that. I'm pretty sure Bird Box was in theaters. Um, but uh, yeah, so I think that's really interesting. You know what, man? Like honestly, I am gonna be interested to see how the world is because this happened today, guys. As we were recording this, I was texting Clay because me and Clay are, you know, we're proponents of wearing a mask, doing all that kind of shit. Yeah. I was driving to get food today. When I was driving to get food today, there was a large crowd of people everywhere. And I was like, what the fuck is going on here? I thought, genuinely, the first thing that popped in my head, I was like, is, like, the president coming around or the Spurs or something? Because, like, <laughs> it, well, what's happening is, usually, like, if you go to, like, a parade or something, everybody parks their cars on the edge of, uh, like, the roads or in parking lots. And they, like, sit in their trunks or their truck beds or whatever. And everybody had cameras and their phones out. And I was just like what's happening who's gonna drive through this area because i live in an area that's not like hardcore downtown or anything yeah kind of so out I was out of the like, way when it comes to yeah, in way town. out of the way but it was by a big movie theater i was like oh is a movie star coming by or something i don't understand this yeah because it was just a lot of people outside mind you maybe i saw one maybe two people with masks but there was probably over 50 people to 100 people easy and i was just like well that's not good and uh, I go to get food, and I find out that the um, I don't even know what they were called, uh, the Thunderbirds yeah, the, or something, the, were flying the, uh, over US, the city. The, the U.S. Air Force, and I technically think they're a part of Navy. The U.S. Navy yeah. Thunderbirds uh, actually flew across uh, our city, yeah. and I was kind of complaining. Once I heard this, I kind of started complaining to my stepdad about this, and he was like, yeah, it was so cool. I was like, I got this really cool video. Yeah. He's like, I got this really cool video. I was like, yeah, but you got this cool video in your front yard. Yeah. But there are probably hundreds, if not thousands of people that are gathering in parking lots right now. And yeah. granted, I understand that you can still be, you know, distanced from different mm -hmm. people, you know, while in a parking lot. These people were pretty close to each other. But I was going to say, once the parking lot gets pretty crowded, it becomes a party. I'm sorry. So... That kind of like irked yeah. me. I will and say parking spaces are, yeah, they're not they're not six feet apart. Yeah, and the true. stupid planes, these mm -hmm. these uh, aircrafts, these jets, ruin. Yeah. They didn't ruin one of my recordings, but I was in the middle of a recording <laughs> and it was, just, yeah. And I so, I immediately yeah. started to go on a tangent on my actual yeah. episode because of it. I That's left it hilarious. in there. I left it in there. Yeah. That's funny, cause yeah, they they flew over when I was getting food. I just hear the whoosh, and they were instantly gone, <laughs> instantly gone. And I was all like, dude, these people over here probably waited hours just to see planes fly by in a couple of seconds. But see, the, granted, it looks cool. The city did is, make it like a big thing. They're like, yeah. hey, this is how America is strong, and all of this, which I thought was very weird for them to do this. I'm cool with this. Look, hey, man, I love fast jets and stuff. Cool. That's awesome. They should have had smoke. They should have had smoke. They didn't have fucking smoke. So, like, that makes it less cool for me. <laughs> Red, white, and blue, bro, over the sky. Like, yeah. come on. Yeah. They should have done that. But 
this getting back to the main point of why the hell I brought this up in general. After seeing that kind of stuff today, I don't think it's going to take that long for people just to go back to theaters. Because I think there's such a big portion of this world that are not like you and me that are working on creative stuff or will stay home to work on an idea or a project or whatever, stream live on Twitch or whatever. There is a whole portion of this world where their lives revolve around getting out of the house and just being somewhere. Doesn't matter what the fuck they're doing, they just do not want to be home. And I think those are the people that are going to keep the economy rolling, the people that go to the bars, that will be their first night, will be in the movie theaters first night, will be in the restaurants first day. And yeah, also, just throwing this out there, if you are one of those people that is going to Red Lobster and waiting three hours, you're dumb. You oh, for so that woman that dumb. hit the the, yes, the worker? did you see that video? I did not, Bro. but I heard about it. Oh, my yes. God. Batman would be ashamed of you if you were waiting three hours for Red Lobster, bro. Like, just Jesus. go home, make yourself a freaking cucumber sandwich like he would eat and survive. <laughs> like, come on. All right, we're getting, we're, we're getting off of this, and people probably have already left. If you're still here listening to this after our rant, we appreciate you. You guys are awesome. But... We are going to talk about Gotham Central. Now, this is going to be very interesting. Pretty much all of this podcast is going to be about this because this is the first time we have both read this. We read all 40 issues since last podcast, which was like six days. Yeah. So uh, it's been really interesting. I told Clay, I was like, hey, you think you can read 40 issues in the next four or five days? And he was like, yeah, I probably could. And uh, so we did this. But the reason why I wanted to cover this is because... For some of you that are probably listening to this on my actual channel right now, Bat from the Box, uh, I got really big on YouTube. Not really big, but, you know, 20,000 subs, a uh, humble brag. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I got success, is what I'll say, on YouTube by covering the show Gotham. And the show Gotham was supposed to be based off of this comic book. And after reading this and have, having seen all of Gotham... They could not be farther apart from each other. And if if Gotham was even half of what this series was, it would have been fucking amazing. Oh my god. Okay, so when Juice asked me, hey, do you think we can read this book and compare it to the TV show? I told him, hey, I've only seen the first season and half of the second. I can't talk much about the TV show. And he said, okay, that's perfect. I've seen every season. You've just read the book. We can easily compare these things. I was like, okay, that's awesome. So when I read this, I've I've read it all the way through. Juice, how many Mm -hmm. times did we see Bruce Wayne in this book? Not once. Not once. Now, I will say his name dropped possibly... Two to four times. Yeah. Two to four times talking about his lawyers being involved in either helping the police or helping the city. Now, one thing that people will probably be like, oh, but they did show Batman. Yes, they showed Batman in this book, but he is always in the background. He is always in shadow. He is never fully fledged Batman. Maybe, maybe once in a couple issues. Yes, maybe in a yep. couple issues you see him, but majority of the time it is very much in shadow and in very small. He doesn't have like a large conversation. The longest conversation he had was in a parking garage with the DA 
And boom, yeah. that was it. Just like one comic and 40 issues. That was it. Mm-hmm. Now, I will say, we talked about, like, we hadn't even finished all the issues. And we were already like, oh my god. If this yeah. book if this book was an actual TV show, it would be awesome on HBO yeah. Max. It could have, like, either 40 episodes or even it could be something like eight episode seasons and have like just smaller arcs there are so many characters in here that you genuinely start to care about and genuinely learn about yeah 100 this is amazing the the police department yeah this police department in gotham central is diverse you have white people you have black people you have mexicans you have freaking asians like you have a bunch of diversity in here which is really awesome you have uh there's so much character development in here that happens like with between issues and between arcs that Gotham just never had like Gotham. And I tell people every time, because what happened was I was in love with Gotham from season one through three, four and five made me hate that show and just resent it so much because they were repeating stories. Like if you watch Gotham seasons one through three and at the end of three, if you were like, they should have ended it the series there. uh, Yeah. They thought they were going to get canceled at the end of season three. That's why Bruce ends the series of season three on top of a rooftop and his like freaking long coat is blowing in the wind because it's symbolizing this boy will be Batman in the future. But then they were like, oh, we got another season. And they were like, oh, crap, what are we going to do? And then he ended up getting like a suit and crap. And it was just it just got worse and worse and worse. And um, yeah, but one through three would have been perfect. This show or this comic book, like just because what we would say the longest arc is probably five issues which is jokers uh yeah Yeah. i I would say so yeah so like a a five issue arc could easily five issues like issues could easily be eight to ten episodes in my opinion oh yeah oh yeah yeah. and most most of these issues could possibly be cut in half yeah to become two episodes yeah Uh, so yeah, because, oh my god. Okay, so let's just run down the arcs by characters that happen in here, and we'll kind of compare them to Gotham. Okay. So, uh, there is a Two-Face arc. There is a Joker arc. Um, well, the very there... first one, the very first arc, uh, introducing all of our characters, actually has to do with Mr. Freeze. Yeah, So exactly. here, here's the big thing. Whenever you look at Gotham, the TV show, these characters have not been established. They are being yeah. created. In this series, because mm-hmm. Batman is a real thing, is already an established character, so are yeah. his villains. They are wi- they're widely known. They're known as the freaks of, yeah. you know, the GCPD. And, you know, you mm-hmm. you are not surprised when you see one, but when you see one, you're like, "Holy shit." And that's yeah. that's the really cool thing about this book. So there is a lot of ground level stuff, a lot of just like, you know, nine to five freaking GCPD, you know, day, you know, day by day stuff. Yeah. But focus was the GCPD, not the villains. Exactly. That is what got them. The show did. Yes. Got them focused on Batman and the villains where it should have focused on the GCPD. And unfortunately, when it came to the Gotham show, it was just Bullock and freaking Gordon. And that was it. Gordon's not even in this book. He shows he, up like once. He shows up, tw- I think, twice. Twice? I think so. I know so. with the ceremony. 
Oh, well. He's mentioned a lot. He's mentioned a lot. Okay, so he only shows up once. And yeah. he is giving a, he's giving a speech to, I believe, it is like a graduating class. Yeah. In, at a school or whatever. Uh, and I think that is awesome. Mm-hmm. Like, now, don't get me wrong. Seeing a younger Gordon, if you would have taken a younger Gordon and a younger yeah. Bullock... But still have a lot of these characters here in the GCPD. Yeah. I think it still would have worked. I think it still would have worked. And we still would have had characters that fans know and love. Yeah. This, I thought this was really cool because these characters, Sarge, Driver, freaking uh, McDonald eventually, uh, Chris, Uh Montoya. These are characters that I did not even know about. I knew about Chris because uh, mm-hmm. one of my favorite parts of the Gotham... Sawyer? Uh, uh, you know about Sawyer. I, uh, I do know about Sawyer. Of course, she uh, comes from Metropolis. That's where I know her from a lot of the mm-hmm. Superman books. Uh, but th- uh, most of these characters I did not know of. So seeing them for the first time, seeing how they interact with each other, yeah, they're jerks most of the time to each other, but it's out of love because they truly yeah. treat the MCU as a family. And yeah, I thought sure. that was cool because yeah. you see the ground level thuggish cops being mm-hmm. the crooked cops of Gotham, but the MCU was like, and I'm not talking Marvel Cinematic Universe, I'm talking major yeah. crimes unit here. They genuinely cared about dealing with crime and getting rid of it yeah. in Gotham. And that was awesome. Yeah, no, the characters. So the thing is, People will be like, oh, those characters were in Gotham. And some of them were. Some of them were, but they were nothing like they were in these books. So Chris and Montoya, if I'm not mistaken, are actually in season one or two because Montoya was banging out Barbara Gordon before Gordon was dating her. Like, way sooner. She never comes back after season one, if I'm not mistaken. Okay, okay. And so her partner her partner was just a black guy, but I'm pretty sure it was Chris, is what they meant to be. Okay. Um, They're in this series, the whole, pretty much every issue, and they have a huge arc. At, like, the whole, basically, but if you were to pick two main characters, it would be her, Chris and Montoya. I would think. Yes, I would also put Driver in there. But at the mm-hmm. same time... I really can't say none of these are not main characters because the really cool thing is just like an actual major crimes unit, whoever is open to help on a case, they get those people to help. And so you have the entire MCU working one case to get multiple angles Yeah, and you get, you know, it's just, I truly think this is awesome. The way uh, Brubaker and Rucka wrote this they were so in sync i could barely tell the difference between writing whenever you know one issue to the other it was that smooth now seeing the you know the inside affairs of mcu as well because we quickly learned that driver has a crush on this uh this i forgot the redheaded one uh yeah um yeah i'm forgetting her name i can't remember her um, name but she also becomes a very big part of the story because her partner, Nate, mm-hmm. Nate yeah. ends up, spoiler alert, um, mm-hmm. ends up dying in a yeah. very dramatic way. And it deals with the Joker arc. And yeah. 
Well, so let's before we dive into a lot of this stuff, um, let's just talk about how, because yeah, that what he was about to like get to is though it also involves Batman. Because the way they use Batman in this is so good. Again, I know a lot of people are like, oh, well, Gotham was supposed to be before everything, but the point is Gotham was gonna should have been this, and that's what they were referring to. And even when you read this first, they reprinted this series when Gotham came out and they were advertising Gotham on this series. Like if you were to buy the original books. Yeah. Like or the the reprints is what I should say. So there was no like mystery that these two things were linked and they should have been more like this, but it just got away from Fox. And I said it even when I was reviewing the show, it always felt like Fox never knew what they wanted this show to be. And they were just grasping at straws. Um, I said that in all of my videos. You can go check that out. But anyways, um, the thing about this series is, again, there's a whole group of people that constantly you see them growing as like just characters, like really great characters. And the way these issues ended would have been perfect show cliffhangers to bring you back to the next episode. Because some of these issues, I had to read arcs. Like, I had to read them in arcs. I was like, all right, well, if I'm starting this, I'm reading five issues. Because it was insane. So we're going to... Uh, what was your favorite arc? My favorite arc, if I had to put it down to an arc, I think mine would have to be... Gosh. It is either the uh, Mad Hatter arc... That was really good. Or the Robin's arc. Yeah, that one was pretty awesome, too. Not going to lie. So that was the thing, too. Like, um, just to throw out. So the first arc was Mr. Freeze. So they centered, like, the crimes around the actual. So there was crimes with the actual characters. But then you were also kind of realizing that the crooked cops were involved in some of these things were really interesting. Yes. Because there was a couple one shots. So mm -hmm. there was, and like, you know, every show has like a filler episode, but even the one shots that happened in this series were pretty interesting because there was one uh, issue, issue 11, where the secretary in this whole, in the whole MCU Stacey. was daydreaming. Yeah, Stacy, she was daydreaming about uh, kissing Batman or having like this romantic fling with Batman. And it was just a really interesting comic because like she's constantly just around all this like murder and hearing about all this stuff. And she's, she's the one that has to turn on the signal every time because there's this weird clause that the MCU or the GCPD can't be attached to Batman. So they, they can't turn on the light like Gordon did. So they have to have this chick named Stacy. It's basically her job. Um, and she's a secretary. So that's a one shot. There was a one shot with poison Ivy to where these crooked cops were, uh, they they were messing with a drug dealer or like a you know somebody that's like a you know a druggie on the streets. They were beating the shit out of him. This one homeless girl sees it happen. She tries to run away and they end up breaking her neck and she dies. And they try to cover it up. Well, it turns out that this young girl was actually friends with Poison Ivy, and Poison Ivy would take care of all the kids in this park. And she gets revenge on these crooked cops by setting them up. And she ends up, like, killing them. And, like, it's just a really good way of using these characters because they were all established. And then, like, they don't they don't focus on these characters. They actually did all this detective work, and then the character would just show up, do their thing, and they were gone. And, like, it was so good. My, the, I completely forgot about the Robin's arc. The Robin's arc was really good. 
and I'll let you talk about the Robin's arc, but I want to mention, and people are going to be like, oh, I knew it. Mine was the Joker, just because of the way they set it up. So what was happening in the Joker thing was this was after the Freeze arc, if I'm not, oh, no, after the Two-Face arc. There was a small Two-Face yeah. arc um, with between Montoya and Harvey Dent, which Harvey Dent was obsessed with Montoya. And, you know, he thought she loved her, but Montoya's like, I'm a lesbian. What the fuck are you doing? And he was like, no, no, no. And he was just killing people or setting her up so they could be together. So after that arc, there is some stuff happening with the GCPD. And uh, it's the, I think, the commissioner of the GCPD, correct? Talking to the mayor. And he's all like, dude, we need overtime. They're they're basically talking just normal shit any job would talk about. Politics. Like, I need overtime. Yeah. yeah, politics. And the mayor's like, no, we can't do that. We need to cut budgets. And out of nowhere, the mayor's head gets blown off. And you're just like, what? Like, that's a perfect way to start an episode or end an episode. And so, like, the mayor's head gets blown off. And you're like, holy crap. So, of course, they're like, how did this happen? Where did the shooter happen from? And as they're doing detective work, a superintendent across the city gets shot. And they're just like, what's happening? And so they go and they rush and they try to do this. And while they're examining, waiting to see where the shooter's coming from, the cops are like, all right, the day's almost done. They're working for like four or five hours on this crime scene. Then somebody unloads on the cops and blows off one of the examiner's hands. Another cop gets like shot in the chest a couple times. And so they're dealing with this crazy sniper and nobody knows what's happening. It turns out that an email gets sent to like a reporter or something. And it's the Joker saying that like vote for the Batman as mayor because the mayor's been murdered. And so they're like, Batman for mayor. And it's like sponsored by the cl the clown who laughs and blah, 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 all this crazy stuff. And so everybody's like, everybody is freaked out because it it's possibly the Joker. So they go to turn on the bat signal. Like the commissioner's like, oh, and he grabs he grabs that chick Stacy. He's like, we got to go to the roof. And she's like, no, I don't want to go to the roof. She's like, we have to wait for, you know, um, Sawyer or whatever, blah, blah. And he's like, no, nah, fuck this. He was like, we're going to the roof and we're turning this on. It's Joker. We have to get Batman. They go to turn on the roof and somebody starts sniping on top of the roof. So this chick Stacy almost gets shot, but Batman shows up and saves them. Now, let's like, go ahead and right there talk about Stacy's real job in the MCU. And it sucks, people. Yeah. The reason now she is a secretary and they very much treat her like a secretary. But the main reason why they hired her in the first place is with this continuity Mm -hmm. the relationship with the GCPD and Batman were supposed to be non-existent. The reason yeah. being is when, you know, a crime went down, uh, Batman was involved because of this whole back signal thing. And the judge basically said, you know, with Batman being involved, I can base, I can't prosecute, you know, these people because a vigilante was involved. Mm -hmm. And the GCPD knew about it. So because of this, basically, the way they treat Stacy is, hey, you were not technically hired by the GCPD. You were hired by the state. And yeah. you're technically, when you come up on the ceiling, you were technically a civilian. And, you know, you're the one turning on the light. So that way, no one from the MCU or the GCPD you know, is turning on that light. Thus, yeah, they're not liable. Yeah, they're not liable for whatever happens to the case. So yeah. that is why uh, this individual—I forgot his name. Uh, It's—he was the commissioner of the like. He was basically the night version of Maggie. 
Yeah. So like whatever their stuff he, is. But anyways, he was Bat- the one who forced Stacy up there. Yeah. yeah. And uh, Batman saves them, gets them in there, and he like flies off to go try to find the Joker. Well, after that happens, then a news broadcast happens, and the Joker takes over the comms and says like, "Who's gonna be next?" And he has all of these video cameras across the city with a timer counting down to see who's gonna be the next victim and so the police are like freaking out they're trying to go across and try to find all these places but they only find seven of the eight locations and they're like we don't know where this one's at they can't find it and uh it turns out that once it happens because they're like counting down they're like somebody's gonna die right now it's a classic joker bang gun and they're just like oh my god and then it starts counting upwards and it turns out that joker has kidnapped a reporter that they've been showing this whole time and he's gonna blow her up and like and now they're freaking out about that so like it was so good like the drama in that those issues were so good and the crazy thing is is before like when that happens joker turns himself in he just shows up on the street and he's like hi can you tell me uh can you tell me where so and so is or where i can see so and so the cop punches him in the face arrests joker and they take him into the interrogation room and they're like, uh, they're like, oh, yeah, let's go ahead and uh, take him up there. And, of course, they try to get anything out of Joker. But you can't do that with Joker. Like, he's not going to give you anything you want. I mean, if you've seen The Dark Knight, you know he's not going to. But it was insane because, if I'm not mistaken, does Batman show up in there? I don't think he does. Does he? No, not uh, exactly. Because, you know, one of the big things about this was the uh, political standpoint at this on this as well because you know in the very beginning of this arc the mayor does get shot a new mayor comes in yeah and he is not liked by the citizens of gotham so he needs to you know pretty much put on the mean face and try to be the mayor that he was really never supposed to be and he forces the commissioner to get this old joker gang that pretty much like just worships Joker, and they're a whole they're yeah. a whole bunch of like freaking uh, sideshow Bob type clowns, yeah. and they uh, they get picked up by the GCPD in front of media. They the mayor wanted them to get busted in front of media so that way it looks like they had the upper hand on this whole Joker thing, but because yeah. of that they were wasting time. The GCPD did not want to do it, but you know, orders are orders, and they did it. That was when, afterward, that's when Joker came in, and uh, it ends up being, I forgot who it was, uh, the Batman actually shows up at the uh, the DA's office. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. And he's the one that says, hey, we need to find, you know, this, this bomb. I think I know. Oh, okay. I remember. So what happened was, since everybody was being shot, they were kind of basically told everybody to stay home. And they're like, Christmas is basically canceled because we don't know what's happening. That's what the mayor was saying. Yes. And then uh, they catch the Joker and they're like, oh, if we caught the Joker, we caught these guys. Like, everybody can go out and shop. And places were going to open up so they could actually go and everybody can shop. They were going to basically, stores were opening through the night so people can get their Christmas shopping done. And Batman shows up in the commissioner's office. He was like, Tell me what's different between before catching the Joker and now. And he's all like, there's people on the streets. And they're like, oh, crap, because they're trying to find out where this bomb is. The thing is now people are out shopping, meaning this bomb can go ahead and blow up a whole bunch of people. So um, 
yeah, it was it was really insane because like a grand we are telling the shittiest way of describing these books. Yeah, the we're way. we're we're you know just hitting highlights where we really are. Yeah, but you should we, read this series. It is forty issues, so yeah. we can't technically go page by page from issue one to issue forty. We would have a thirteen hour podcast. But yeah, like it it is awesome. Uh, you know, this is you know the moment where. Uh, I believe her name is. Gosh, what is her name? Molin. Uh, the wait, the, the, the red Maggie or uh, it's the re- talking about the the cop or the the re- the redheaded cop. Yes, she is in the car with Nate, and she's the one that realizes, yeah. oh crap! Like there's tons of people out here. She is in yeah. one of these toy stores. She's the one that mm-hmm. figures it out. Nate is actually the one that unfortunately dies uh, through the explosion, yeah. but. This ripples all the way, literally all the way through to even the Batman uh, or the Robin uh, arc yeah. that I'm about to talk about. This con- this confrontation between Joker and Batman causing Nate to die ripples all the way. This is issue like 15, 16 ripples yeah. all the way to about 30, to like 31. Yeah, or some shit like exactly. That, so yeah. they planned this book out immensely and it was awesome now the story before you jump into robin before you jump into that though because i do want to we know this is a comparing a gotham thing so the way that this was so planned out is so good it was something that didn't happen in gotham a lot um i've mentioned this in multiple videos on this channel if you're listening to it um on my youtube channel or if you're listening to us on the podcast i've mentioned this a lot on my batman channel but gotham repeated storylines a lot like there was, I, if I'm not mistaken, Penguin rose and fell from power like three times in that series. Riddler lost his mind like twice. Uh, Gordon constantly, you know, almost died, came back, almost died, almost came back, whatever. Uh, Fish Mooney died, came back. Like, they, people just didn't die in that series. Like, it was crazy. And we had a bunch of the same stories over and over and over that doesn't happen here. It seemed like everything was so meticulously planned out. There is stuff that happens at the start of the series that pays off at the very end. And you're just like, holy crap. Like, it was so well thought out. And, um, you know, one thing we didn't mention in the Joker story, but I kind of picked up on it, was, uh, did you notice that in the ter- interrogation scene, he takes over the cop when he kills the cop in the interrogation room. That's kind of similar to the dark Knight. Yeah. When he beats up that dude and then, you know, gets his phone call or whatever. Yep. Um, so yeah, the series was great in that aspect, but that's something that was missing in Gotham. Gotham didn't seem like, so the first season, which didn't happen until the very last arc, which was like the last four ish episodes in Gotham in season one, it was the flavor of the week for like 20 episodes. It was just like, Here's a bad guy, we catch him at the end. Here's a bad guy, we catch him at the end. And the only time that I knew there was a two-parter was something about, like, the goat man or something like that. That, <laughs> that I think, was, like, two episodes because it had to do with Bullock, like, somebody that he had to deal with a long time ago. And then the very last uh, four episodes was had to do with the ogre. So the first season didn't really have arcs. It was just, like, flavor of the week most of the time. Yes. Um, but this one was so well thought out. Season two came along and seemed like they really focused. They tried to do it a little bit more. It was like the first half of the season was like, we'll deal with Freeze. And then the second half, we'll deal with uh, Mad Hatter or whatever. And they could have easily done that in the show. Granted, if Gotham Central ever becomes something, 
It should be eight to ten issues. I mean, episodes max should not be anything more than that for a season. Um, but it was it was fantastic. But again, like I said, with a Joker arc, that could have been a whole four episodes or something, five episodes in a show. It could have been a whole season. Um, but the the one Clay is about to talk about again, if this would have been like a random two to three issues or episodes, it would have been fantastic television. Yes. Now, starting at issue 33, the very... Now, I will say also, these covers for this series are phenomenal. They are great. Uh, It feels like an actual indie comic rather than a DC comic, which I thought was really, really cool. Mm -hmm. One of Brubaker's specialties. But the very first issue, first page, you see dead robin part one and you see robin with a whole bunch of blood around his cape and there's an outline of him on the ground police officers are checking it out they're like holy crap the boy wonder is dead people are freaking out and they want to keep it hush hush with the media that's the one of the biggest things because this is robin and so they're thinking holy crap if this is actually Robin, like the real Robin, and we ID him, we might get that much closer to IDing the real Batman. That's yeah. something that Montoya brings up. Now, Montoya is somebody who is very much still in favor of Batman being, you know, the person that he is. Chris is somebody who, and majority of the MCU as well as the GCPD, really hates that they have to call upon Batman whenever they do. Yeah. Because one thing we Oh yeah, go ahead. Go, go for ahead. it. Yeah, I was gonna say one thing we should point out because I'm pretty sure people are gonna question it because he was they were both in it. But Bullock is in this series, but he is not part of the G C P D anymore. He, because what happened yeah, yeah, yeah. the reason why Gordon is not on the force anymore is because he got shot. And what happened was Bullock and Montoya, because this was a big thing about Montoya, like a majority of this time, she's like on the edge. Like a lot of people think she's on the edge of crossing. And this plays out on the very final issue. We will talk about that also. Yeah. She has a great arc in this whole series. But Montoya, Bullock basically saved her life because what happened was he was not cool with the person that ended up shooting up Gordon got away scot-free. And he was put on witness protection or whatever. Bullock found out about the witness protection and told the mob who wanted him and they killed him. Yeah. And so everybody was all like, what the fuck? And so, yeah. So he lost his job, but he was like, fuck it. He shot Gordon. Like, we're not going to let this rat bastard get away. And Bullock's always towed the line. He's always been, he's been an old school cop. Like he'll beat the shit out of you to get answers or whatever. And so there's a cool relationship between her and uh, it's not part of this arc, right? There was like a oh, no, no. There was a crazy arc. It's that... the Mad Hatter arc, which was yeah, my second yeah. favorite, which is my Insane. second favorite. Now, yeah. the this Robin one, uh, you know, it does play out a lot even in the very first arc. They do not like calling upon Batman. Yeah. In the very first arc, Driver goes all the way to the commissioner or the, mm-hmm. sorry, the DA. And, is, and he says, I do not want you calling Batman on this. Mr. Freeze killed my freaking partner. It is our job to find him. It is our job to bring him in. We don't need Batman. Now, things happen and Batman gets called in, whatever. But that's majorly how these individuals think about Batman. 
because yeah. they have that blue blood pride. Mm-hmm. And so with this, it becomes a whole mess because then it turns out that like, uh, like even in the fir- very first few pages, Chris and Montoya are on the roof collecting a batarang. They're doing all sorts of stuff. And out of nowhere, freaking Batman just shows up and like complete silhouette. Yeah. And he's like, Robin's in Bloodhaven. This isn't him. And yeah. they're like, holy shit. What the fuck? Did you, like, yeah. wh- where'd you come from? And Batman says, uh, I will figure this stuff out. You need to get out of my way. And that's one thing that I absolutely love about Batman because he's still the stern Batman that we all know. He is the yeah. one that's like, hey, this is my job. I'll do my job. Even though, you know, yeah. technically it is a crime scene, a, a GCPD crime scene. But basically what ends up happening is they find out who the ID is for this individual Batman. And they uh, they go to the parents' house. They also go and check out Arkham Asylum. Yeah. And this I thought was really cool because the personnel that was working at Arkham Asylum was like, hey, you know, we had a little bit of a blackout. But the really weird thing is when we got out of the blackout, all of a sudden, everyone in here had injuries. And they're like, what? And (laughs) it's really funny because Chris and Montoya were like, Batman, Batman. Yep, that's Batman. And and the personnel workers were like, what? What do you mean it's Batman? And they talk, and it's like in small little six uh, uh, panels or whatever, you see Poison Ivy, Killer Croc, uh, Scarecrow, Mr. Freeze, Two-Face, and Joker. Uh, And they kind of all just, you know, play it off. They don't necessarily say it was Batman, but it's clear that it is. And something's still paying off from prior uh, issues. Two-Face still Mm -hmm. is crying out for Montoya. Yeah. Which I thought still a really nice callback, and you see Joker for the second time, and his arms mm-hmm. broken. But uh, what eventually gets them all riled up is that the uh, the they find out that these pictures that were being taken, because they find out that mm-hmm. these pictures, uh, like these pictures from the crime scene, are being put on newspapers, and they're like, "Who the hell is leaking these pictures?" What the hell is going on? And so they call in an individual that is kind of their like liaison for like the media. Uh, Is there? It's pretty much their go-to guy. It's a reporter. Yeah. So it's like a big-time reporter. Think of like a Vicky Vale or something. Yes. It's just their kind of version. But he's actually a really big character in this show, which is nice. Yeah. Because he's like he gets information from them. He's like, look, I'm gonna help you guys out, but you gotta help me too. He's he helped with the Joker part yeah. uh he helped with this well no no he he helped and he, he shows up in the joker one that's yeah. the first time I yeah think. and you yeah. you see him throughout the whole thing i will yeah. say this is the last arc that you see him though and there's reasons why but yeah. uh when talking about uh driver and this well no it wasn't driver at this point it was her new uh her new partner partner and this redheaded woman that I still can't remember her name, uh, they go to the Iceberg Lounge. They find out that the uh, the electricity has gone out and everything else. So she immediately knows, oh, crap, Batman's here. 
she runs into the office of Cobblepot, and there he is beating the crap out of Romy. Cobble- Romy, okay, yeah. So Romy is there, and she's you know he is be- uh, Batman's beating the crap out of Cobblepot, and it's awesome. Romy freaks out. And she's like, "Stop beating him up! Freeze! Don't move a muscle!" And yeah. all Batman says is, "I don't think so," and she shoots him. Yeah, and the way that he is laying there. I legitimately mm. thought, okay, this is not Batman. This is this is somebody who was pretending to be Batman and somebody else who was pretending to be Robin. This yeah. is what I immediately thought of. And I was like, holy Same. crap, she just killed somebody. This is not going to be good whatsoever. But yeah. it's actually really cool because in the very next issue, how it starts is, you know, she's trying to think and trying to, you know, focus this new... Uh, this this new partner is you know kind of freaking out also, and like oh my god you you shot him with for no reason like was he trying to shoot you like did he make a move yeah. blah, blah blah and Cobblepot's like if you need a witness I'll 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 tell him I'll tell him it was self defense it was self defense and she's like just shut up just shut up and she goes towards uh freaking Batman and Batman gets up. And knocks her right in the freaking nose, breaks it, blood goes everywhere. Yeah. And, you know, when Batman leaves, because the the new partner is a little too scared to say anything to him, Batman leaves, and then Romy realizes, holy crap, Batman stole my gun. Yeah. Now. That was great, yeah. It was was awesome. Now, it does become known for the rest of the MCU that she has lost her gun. This becomes yeah. a really big part near the end of this arc. But the may- captain doesn't though, because yes. apparently losing your gun and being a cop is a very, very bad thing. Yes, very bad so, thing. They don't tell the police captain though. Yeah. Until the very end. But Sawyer in the last issue thought, hey, you know what? If we can't find out who Rob where Robin is or who Robin is, I know somebody who will. And she ends yeah. up calling Lois Lane to call yeah. in a favor and the teen titans show up which yeah, i, I thought was really cool because without robin though so yeah, like so without robin like, and so uh... so they're like uh what is going on here mm-hmm. and so they go to question them and you know i did say earlier that they did find out who the identity was of this first robin yeah they go to this family's house they start to freak out you know and then, when they are staking out the family's house again, this family is talking to the media, and so they freak out even more. Like, what are you doing? Why would you do yeah. this? You don't talk to them like that. And they're like, hey, we're grieving. We can share, you know, our story to the world if we want. And Driver says, you really want to share this story to the world, knowing now knowing that you are a part of this? I got two words for you. The Joker. And they yeah. start like freaking out, like, "Oh my god, I I didn't know. I'm so sorry. I shouldn't have said anything." Blah blah blah. I'm like, just just think, dude. That's all you got to do. Just think. Yeah. Well, that's what I love too about this series is they, the the great thing about having established villains. And I know, like, I know my my channel. If you're listening to this, you're like, oh, you're writing up your comment, or you probably already commented before you even listen to this part. But like. I know that, yes, they couldn't use the Joker name and they couldn't do this, but really the Joker, Harley Quinn, and Batman were the only things they couldn't really use. Which you could have, in this whole series, Batman is in the shadows, 
And they could have really done something with this. They didn't need to show Bruce Wayne. They didn't need to do any of that. Um, again, Bruce Wayne is never shown in this series. Yes. So they could have done that. But the way that they just they build the characters and that when somebody's already established, right, you can build that fear. You know what I mean? Like, you know, going through a door and two faces there, the characters can be like, oh, shit. It's not like, who's this weird looking guy? Like, no, you see the shock because they're like, that's two face. He will cut you in half. He'll cut you in two pieces. He'll do all this. That makes the characters so much better opposed to Gotham where they're like, all right, now we got to build up this character. We got to have him do some crazy stuff. And then because it no longer becomes because it no longer became. You know, it wasn't a story about the GCPD. It was a story yeah, about these villains. For sure. And, you know, that, you know, we've clearly seen from the Joker movie that stories about villains can work, but you yeah. cannot color code it by something that is called Gotham and say that it's based off of this book that is about the GCPD when yeah. that's not what you're writing. That's not what you're showing. For sure. But the really cool thing. Uh, Starfire turns heads in this book. Yeah, she she's is wearing the very skimpy she, outfit. She's wearing her classic outfit, uh, completely showing from right below her belly button all the way up to her neck. You know, and mm. <laughs> even uh, Romy is like, "Gosh, men!" But then you see like Renee and Sawyer, kind of like, "Hey!" Yeah. So I thought that she's was like, really Montoya, funny. You're drooling. <laughs> and she's like, "Fuck off!" Yeah, but. But, you know, we establish that Sawyer does not trust this guy that they have made a pretty good relationship with in the media. And she asks for his source because she thinks that they are involved with leaking this stuff to the media, even though it's an ongoing investigation that could really compromise what they are going for as far as who the killer is. And he gets offended. And he ends up talking to a friend of his, and he's like, yeah, you're right. It wasn't me who leaked the photos, but it was the principle of, hey, you shouldn't have asked me for my source anyway. Really yeah. old school type guy. Now, the really cool part of this and the pin drop of this issue or the series altogether is Sawyer goes out. You know, it is well established that Sawyer goes out onto the roof to eat mm-hmm. her lunch, you know, on her break. Stacy. Stacy, sorry. Stacy goes out and uh, and eats her lunch on you know on the roof where the bat signal used to be because at this point yeah. the bat signal was not there and lo and behold who was there robin, robin. the yeah, real robin and i'm like what the hell like me yeah. as somebody who knows these characters knows that this could not possibly be robin that is dead i see robin mm-hmm. and i'm actually surprised like yeah that is cool that they can really good that they could write it like that to be like oh shit that's actually because they said he was in bloodhaven exactly so and so like they set that up too they set that up but uh uh stacy makes a really good argument whenever it comes to you know the conversation between her and robin they're like Mm -hmm. you know robin actually is very concerned about you know what's going on with this investigation clearly because of course you know they're these people are dressed up as him but yeah you know they come back to the whole conversation with uh romy with fighting batman and you know uh robin name drops nate 
Yeah. And she's like, wait, you know this person? And he's like, yeah, I know this person. Like, I remember all of them. I remember all the victims, mm-hmm. basically. And Stacy says, hey, if you could do me this really good favor, you know, I need Romy's gun back. You know, she didn't yeah. really mean to. And I don't think Batman really meant to break her nose either. But, you know, let's just let bygones be bygones, basically. Yeah. And so he's like, okay, I'll see what I can do. And immediately after, there's another Robin that dies. And so yeah. you're just like, what the well, fuck she is going Robin, on? Yeah. She watches Robin, like, zip away. And then she sees that Batman's, like, on a water tower talking well, to Well, that's, like, that's after. That's after. Oh, it's after? Yeah. That one. No, no, it wasn't this okay. one. Uh, she goes downstairs after he jumps off the roof. And she gets a call mm-hmm. that there's another Robin. And so, like, they're yeah. like, what the hell is going on? This is where it gets a little bit juicier. They find out who this Robin is because the face looks very familiar. Yeah. They actually track it down to a agency, a an acting agency, and finding out that this person was very famous for a, like, mint ad or a gum ad. I forgot what it was exactly. But yeah, yeah. Uh, they find out, okay... This person must be, you know, going after actors. Let's go ahead and get every male actor that's in within this age, this height, whatever. Basically, you know, who would look good as a Robin? And they find out through some uh, investigating that they might know who it might be. This is when you see Stacy and Robin again. And Robin jumps off the roof and swings right onto a water tower with batman and stacy's like yeah "Yeah, that's what i thought Mm -hmm. and i yeah it's pretty solid i i do like that because once again batman is in silhouette you don't see him it's not something that is very Mm -hmm. prominent but it catches your eye and you're like oh snap he is still watching from afar he yeah like he still has an eye out for the gcpd Mm -hmm. but uh this is when chris finds out that the pictures were not taken from the GCPD uh, investigation photos. They were actually taken basically right after the crime was committed, but before the GCPD got there. So with a little bit of investigating, they, uh, they think that it's the main guy that they get from freaking, uh, the media, the, news, the reporter, yeah. uh, Lipman. Lipman is his name. Yeah, but plot twist: it's not actually him. It is his friend that he had talked to earlier on in the arc, yeah. and basically, he comes walking in to the GCPD and the MCU because he wants to be the one that's involved. He's the sicko yeah. that knows how these things happen, and so he wants to be a part of it. He wanted to be the next Two-Face. He wanted to be the next Riddler. He wanted to do all this stuff. Yeah. And he would only talk to his friend. He wanted his friend to yeah. do the story. Yeah. But he yeah, also it was crazy. But he also wants to be a part of the overall gag. So that means he has to meet Batman as well. Yeah. So they're like, no, we're not going to do this. We're not going to do this. But there was still one last child that was out there somewhere. And he even said, oh, this kid only has a couple hours to live. So... Maggie said he she's the one that has the you know the final word she's the one that says hey we have to we have to let Batman in and this was awesome because once again silhouettes only and absolutely Mm -hmm. terrifying for him 
they they get a bat signal working they get batman on the roof they talk to him about the whole situation batman says turn off all the lights in the squad room and in the block and everything turns off this guy is freaking out he's like hey what's going on here and batman just appears out of nowhere and then you just see maggie's face you see um uh montoya's face you see chris's face you never see this guy with batman but you hear the screams of oh god don't hurt me oh my god i'm so sorry oh the kid is at this location blah blah blah. and then they go and save the kid that is something i absolutely love as well because afterward he's just like oh god i'm so sorry like i i finally met him and he talked to me like he's fanboying over this experience, mm-hmm. but he's still scared shitless out of his mind. Yeah. So they do end up saving the day. Uh, but it was it was really good. I absolutely loved it. I loved the uh, the interaction with Robin. Uh, Ro- Romy actually ends up getting her gun back, but accidentally Montoya ruins... Well, not ruins, but Montoya accidentally yeah. slips up and tells Sawyer that she lost the gun. Mm-hmm. But... Driver comes up and he's like, oh, yeah, here's your gun. You had it, you know, you had it in maintenance because that's that's why you accidentally shot Batman because the warning shot, yeah. you know, fuck. Off. like the sight was off. Exactly. And even Sawyer was like, you're still sticking with that story. And Driver was like, as long as you'll buy it. <laughs> yeah. She's like, whatever. Uh, yeah, it's really good. So the thing about that and we're going to talk about the final issue. We're going to wind this up. But the thing is, so Gotham did this, the next thing I'm going to talk about, Gotham did this uh, one thing um, somewhat. They didn't do it a lot, but they did somewhat. But there's one character in this story, and it, it ends the whole series. There's this, this character who is the villain, we find out over time. His name's Jim Corrigan. Do you know why and that he, name sounds so familiar, though? Because he's a specter. That didn't dawn on me until the last fucking issue. Yeah, but it's funny because you read a whole issue about him previously. Yeah. In that. Yeah. In issue 38 or something like that. Yeah. So, but is that the Spectre, though? So, I think the... I don't think he becomes the Spectre until after this, of course. When he dies. Yes. Right? So, I think that like I want to there's a website called comicbookreadingorder.com yeah I want to go in there and type in Jim Corrigan to see mm-hmm. where he is in retrospect to when he becomes the specter yeah. because he is such a snot like he is oh my god he makes my skin crawl yeah. and to know this is this is another thing that was awesome for Brew Baker and Rucka to write you see his shenanigans, his like his 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 dirtiness. Yeah. By issue like six. Mm-hmm. And he becomes the overall villain of the entire book by the end of the series. Yeah, he is basically, for those of you that love games of Game of Thrones, he is Cersei. He is the Cersei of this, or he is uh, you know oh, I don't want to spoil it for Clay, but yeah, he is the one of the main villains. And, uh, but you know, you don't think he's that bad. And then even like, even when you're like, oh, that's kind of shady. He's still just somebody like, eh, but at the end of the series, you want him dead. Oh my God. At the end of the series, you want him dead. We we will get to it, but I wanted 
I wanted someone, not necessarily Montoya or Chris, but I wanted somebody yeah. to pull a bullock on Corrigan. Yeah. So we'll just we'll just jump into it. We're not because look, you have to go read this series. We're gonna blow through this last part. Um, you have to read this series. If there was anything you wanted to ever pick up that's random, that is not Batman, but kind of deals with Batman, Gotham Central is what you need to do. Uh it's if Gotham was anything like this, it would have been fucking fantastic. Because one, there was so such great character development. There were characters that were in it were so good, the villains were good. But again, those villains never overshadowed the actual characters that were in the GCPD. And again, we had a story that had Freeze, Two-Face, Joker, uh, who else? Mad Hatter, Ivy was in a one. You have all of those full-blown character names. And the person you hated the most in this was a guy named Jim Corrigan. Like, that is how good this story is. It's how good the writing is on this. And, yeah, so, again, like I said, the reason why I would consider her and Chris the main characters, Montoya, is because she ends the series, right? So, what you're going to learn is if you go and read this book, Montoya goes through this big arc because I would actually say she's the main character because we had the thing that deals with Harvey Dent, uh, she is outed in, at the GCPD as being a lesbian. She was like, she was uh, not out, but somebody posts a photo of her kissing her girlfriend, and that photo gets posted on the bulletin board. Everybody's like, "Oh, so you know, you're a dyke. You're all this stuff." Blah blah. That's what they use in the comments. Yes, that's and in I there. and I will not- I will say they use that so much, yeah. and I know for when you're reading it, you are supposed to hate these characters that are using it. I very much felt like that. Yeah. Like, because you feel so much for Renee Montoya throughout all she's yeah. been through from issue one all the way until the very end. And there's so many people calling her freaking uh, Detective Dyke. Yeah. So it happens a lot. Granted, that also, that particular phrasing comes from a Flash Rogues Gallery character. So they don't just stick with Batman characters. There's actually a Flash character that shows up in this series. Yes. So that, that was kind of cool. Uh, but anyways, so she goes through this. She gets outed. Uh, her parents, she is a Latina. If you guys don't know any Latinas or Latinas in your life, some of the parents are very traditional and very religious. And when her parents find out, they are like, leave, don't ever come back. We don't want anything to do with you. Yes. Because they thought she was straight. And coming out as lesbian is like sin. So they are just like, gone. You're gone. It, You're not our child. It was rough. It's brutal. Yeah. So um, so that happens to her. So she, of course, confides in her partner. And she confides in her, her actual partner, who's her, her lover and her partner. So her partner at work and, you know, her partner who she's romantic with. Um, so she confides in them. And those are her real, like, family after that. And then it goes through the whole Two-Face arc. And then over time... She's slowly, you see her slowly descending into madness almost because uh, the stuff with Bullock shows up and they're trying to work on this case and she's trying to save Bullock from doing something crazy and Bullock's like, fuck this, I have nothing to live for. And so she's going through all this drama with Bullock and then it gets worse and worse because her partner ends up getting framed for possibly killing somebody and they they because they don't have the evidence. We turn it turns out that that guy Jim Corrigan, who works in the evidence room, has been stealing pieces of major crimes and selling them on like the black market eBay. Yeah. 
And so, and he's making like thousands of dollars off of this. Well, the bullet that would exonerate her partner is missing. So they think he killed this guy. What was it? Black Spider, right? Yeah. Uh, they ki- he well, kills Black he, Spider. He kills Black Spider, but he also kills somebody from some other gang that they were yeah. trying to apprehend before that. Yeah. And so the bullet, the ballistics would have confirmed that, you know, he's innocent, but they can't find that bullet. So, cause it got sold. Um, and so what she has to do is she has to get information on who he sold it to. This guy's a complete asshole. He's not going to give up his sources. He's like, eh, it doesn't matter. And she's like, you and me outside. Cause one of the big prominent things you see in this series is there's a cop bar and you know, all cops do this. I have a few uh, cop friends. Finnegan, there's... Finnegan's I think it's called. Yeah. Classic, classic cop bar name. But uh, yeah, they go to Finnegan's and you know, this is where all the cops hang out. They all got their back. You know, it doesn't matter. And so she goes to Finnegan's to confront this guy. He's like, give me this information. He's like, oh, what are you going to do about it? And she's like, I'll beat your ass outside. And he's like, let's do this. So it's Montoya, girl versus this guy Finnegan. And, you know, he he pops her Corrigan. one good. And then Corrigan, she, you yeah, said Corrigan. Corrigan, my bad. Um, you know, uh, they start fighting. He's like kind of like gets one up on her. And then she beats his ass. Oh, my in, God. Yeah. Beats his ass in front of all his friends. And she's all like, give me the information. Because, you know, all your friends just saw you get your ass beat by a woman or whatever. And she ends up getting the information. She goes to this old lady that, like, collects memorabilia. And he's she's like, I need that bullet. I'll give you... She ends up trading the bullet that actually got lodged in her chest. Because she got shot. And uh, she's like, this is the last bullet that Black Spider dude ever even shot before he got killed. So it's better than the one she has. Yeah. And, um... But what what turns out happening is this other guy that was helping her partner like be exonerated uh, was building a case. Espinosa, yeah, yeah, was building a case against Corrigan to get fired. I'm saying his name right, Corrigan, right? Yes. Uh, to fire him to actually get him fired from the GCPD. But since Montoya did that, apparently it blows up the whole case. I don't know. I didn't really understand why. Just because, I guess it's because because he forced it. Yeah. So he forced him if. Of course, if you were to go to a court and say, hey, Corgan, you are being, you know, uh, accused of tampering with evidence and doing all this. Mm-hmm. And how do you plea? He's going to say, I'm innocent because she beat the crap out of me and made me say that I'm guilty. Yeah. Like it could easily go that yeah. route. So, yeah. So that was interesting. So basically this huge case this guy Espinosa had on her. Now, again, this goes back to the great character development. This Espinosa guy accused Montoya of murdering somebody in the Two-Face uh, Yes, part. because Two-Face framed her as well. Yeah. Uh, well, framed her uh, in that story because a whole bunch of people started to freaking die. Yeah. Because there was, I believe, one guy in particular was mm-hmm. kind of harassing Montoya yeah. and threatened her and uh, her partner and all of mm-hmm. this. So when he ended up being, you know, killed, you know, everybody pointed yeah. their, you know, their finger at Montoya. That's what got because her. her gun got stolen. Yeah. And so they like connected the ballistics like it, she was framed. Like, she was straight time. up framed. Yeah. Yeah. But the thing here is great character development, which you didn't see a lot in Gotham. The show here, we have this cop that you know, brought her in. He was basically, you're accused of murder. And now he helps her save her partner and it blows his whole case. And he's like, I'm just trying to make this right. She's like, why are you doing this? He's like, cause I'm just trying to make it right. Yeah. And so he basically, you know, something he's been working on forever. 
he gives it up. And, you know, this guy Corgan's going to walk forever. Well, the great thing about that is her partner, like, they have a great relationship. Like, they have such good chemistry in this comic yeah. book, her partner Chris and her. And what ends up happening is Chris is, a, he's like, how the hell did I get off? Like, what happened? She's like, tell me what happened. I heard you were fighting uh, Corrigan or whatever. And what ends up happening is he finds that out and he's like, that's bullshit. Why would you do that? You just blew this whole thing out of proportion, blah, blah, blah. He's like, you're not even thinking smart anymore. Montoya starts drinking. Like, she's got a lot of life problems. And that's why I say she's the main character. Because yeah. I feel like they focus on her life more than anybody else's. And um, what ends up happening is this guy, Chris, wants to make it right as well. Because, again, this is the MCU. And they just want, like, they want the bad cops out. And they just want to have justice. So he starts investigating Corrigan. And I think this would be a great finale. Because this is the one villain you've had to deal with this whole series. And he's like, We're, I'm finally going to get him. So he starts collecting evidence. Well, an, I think it's another cop, right? Finds out or sees one of their informants talking to him. Yes. So yeah. this other cop uh, that you, uh, this cop that sees Chris talking to, he's a narcotics officer, yeah. uh, right. lower tier than MCU. Who is also dirty. He is also yeah. dirty. And you see this in another arc, completely mm-hmm. separate from this one. So the Ivy arc. once again, the Ivy yes, once again, you see the the connective tissue of these characters something that i don't think would have been easily put in something like what gotham ended up being but yeah not really he ends up telling corrigan and then corrigan's like all right i I see how it is let me plan this whole thing out and then the next thing you know he has this dude tied up by the neck, by the hands, everything. He even gets this other police officer chick to like hold him down or whatever. And then Corrigan grabs a freaking wrench, a pipe wrench. And he says, oh, by the way, guys, y'all should leave the room. There's going to be some splatter. And that's how the issue ends. And you're like, holy fuck. Yeah. So the guy that told Chris information, uh, you know, he dies. Corrigan kills him. And what happens is there's this whole thing. And uh, again, the Spectre issue was a very interesting one because it evolved around Chris believing in God or not. Yes. And he was like, I don't believe in God anymore. And his family prayed for him, which made a, made this issue a lot more like heart wrenching because his wife is always worried about him. And she's like, you're going out again. And he's like, this is going to be the last time. I promise. Well, he goes out to meet this informant again, finds out that he is dead. And he's like, oh, shit. And he sees a cop and he shoots the cop, right? Uh, he shoots the cop that he think killed that guy. Yes, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. So the cop goes down, and when he's gonna go call it in or whatever, Corrigan shows up and blasts this dude through the back and shoots him like five times with a gun that can blast through bulletproof vests. Yes. Now the crazy thing about Corrigan is there's only like six of these guns in I don't know the city or whatever. They know where all of them are at, and they're part of the GCPD or whatever. And, well, it turns out that Corrigan had it all planned in advance. He was like, look, you're going to tell him that I actually checked this gun out. And we went to the shooting ring, or we went to out into the woods with this other cop woman. And, you know, we just shoot things. And they hinted at, like, they have sex and do all that stuff. That's why they went to go do it, because they wanted privacy while they were shooting guns. Yeah. And so they have this whole thing planned out. And he's going to walk, like, 100%. Like, they try to get everything and one thing that uh, we didn't mention 
there is this uh, character, McDonald, in the series that we find out she actually has meta powers and she can tell when a crime weapon was used. So she's like, let me go do this, boss. I know what gun it's going to be. And so she gets the actual gun. She's like, this is the murder gun because she just consents it. Yes. Well, they can't prove it because Corrigan knows the uh, the ballistics guy that's going to do all the reporting. He lies about it. And they even hint at that he, he changed out the barrel of the guns and stuff. So even if they went and had somebody else do it, the guns already been tampered with and changed. So you're just like, holy crap, this guy Batmaned the GCPD. Yeah. And the, the one thing you hate the whole time is when they're questioning him and they question the girl too. They have the same story. He's just so smug. He's just looking at the mirror and be like, what's up, bitches? I'm going to get out of this. And so you just want him to die so bad. So, so bad, dude. Yeah. Oh, so Montoya, this whole time, she's having to go through it. Like her, her, you know, her lover is trying to like, oh, you need to stay here. You need to stay with the family because she had to go tell Chris's family that he got murdered. Um, or she she was supposed to go, but she was like, I can't do it. I can't yeah. do it. So she doesn't show up. And then she's real close with them because they were partners. And she's like, how are you going to do this? One of the crazy things is she goes to like, uh, what do they call them? Wakes? Or, uh, a wake um, or a eulogy? or Yeah, after the they're buried. Yeah. And they go to the house. And I was kind of like, holy shit, this was fucked up. She talks to one of the sons outside. Oh, and he's dude, I, like, I completely understand the mindset. But yeah. I don't think I like the line. Yeah, so what happens is she, the son's out there smoking, and she's like, what the hell are you doing? She grabs a cigarette and throws it, and he's all like, man, uh, my dad's not coming home, right? Whatever, whatever. And he's all like, man, you know what? I've been thinking about this a lot. He was like, why wasn't it you? And I was just like, oh! But see, so I did not agree with this line, but as soon as I turned the page, mm-hmm. I was thinking, you know, he just lost his dad. Yeah, he he even says that in the in the panel next, like prior to it. Yeah, he says, I keep asking myself the same thing, Renee, and I hate myself for asking it. But I I keep asking it anyway, and I can't help it. Yeah. Why wasn't it you? Yeah. And I'm just like, fuck. I loved it. Not because that's like sick burn, bro. (laughs) But you just feel that people say that it shows the emotion of like what really happened this child lost their father and not that not only that but like he Mm -hmm. even says i hate myself for asking this because they really did have a really good relationship they had dinner together all the time they you know had Mm -hmm. hangouts at their house and at chris's house like they were a family and this kid is just like you know what it it should have been you it should have been you yeah so of course that's on montoya uh her you know her lover tries to talk to her and she's like i'm too far gone so she leaves and what this ends up happening is montoya goes to find corrigan and uh he's you know of course getting it on with his girl or whatever and she breaks into his house and they're like what the fuck she knocks the fuck out of the girl and she's like oh she just falls blood goes everywhere yeah and she points the gun in his face and she's all like, you're going to pay for what you did, basically. And, and he's crying. This, one, this was a line that I love. She says, yeah. uh, are you going to take it like a man? Or are you going to shoot? Am, or am I going to have to shoot you in the back like you did, Chris? Yeah. And I was like, oh, my God. And at yeah. this point, Jim Corrigan has a knife. He's ready. He looks ready to stab mm-hmm. her. But the more she keeps walking towards him, you see how he yeah. becomes belittled. And you see him eventually drop the the knife and he begs he yeah. begs 
please don't kill me. Please don't kill me. I don't want to die. I don't want to die. And you see it in her face. Yeah. She wants to do it. She ends up like you see tears mm-hmm. starting to come out from her eyes. And she just walks away. Yeah. She walks away, and... goes to the GCPD, goes to Central, goes to MCU, drops her gun and her badge on Sawyer's desk and says, I'm done. Yeah. I'm 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 over it. Yeah. I can't I can't do it anymore. And the series ends like that. And again, I know some people will be like, oh, that's bullshit. That's bullshit. I hate that. And that again, this did make me feel like the end of freaking playing um oh my god, what's that Rockstar game? Uh the detective one? Um Oh, uh uh LA Noir. Uh, LA Noir made me feel exactly like that because LA Noir, spoiler alert, if you haven't played this game, it's been out for like a decade. Uh it ends with the cop saving somebody, but he ends up dying and the good, the bad guys are still alive. And you're just like, what the fuck? But as some people pointed out in my chat, they were like, well, I mean, but it's kind of like real life, man. Like the bad guys get away sometimes. And I was like, oh, yeah. especially with cops. Like when it comes to cops, I've been so many bad people get away. Now, and I know a lot of people are like, will say different things like, oh, this and that, cops are bad. I, or whatever, I, I, guess. I really want to tell a good friend of mine uh, a podcast acquaintance of Uh mine to read this book but his biggest pet peeve in the entire world is when the bad guys win oh really yeah so i'm afraid to show him this book because i feel like he would feel like the bad guys won which i mean when you look at it technically yes but when you really look at it in the bigger scheme of things we know that jim Mm -hmm. corrigan does end up dying and he, I need to read that book where he dies. And he it, just to get some closure. Oh, uh, for real, for real, dude. I need <laughs> to find that book now, especially knowing yeah. he becomes the specter, and he mm-hmm. becomes basically the one thing that he was never able to do: yeah. be righteous. He was never able mm-hmm. to be the good guy, and now he's able to, or he's more yeah. so forced to because it's in his nature as the specter. So that would be interesting. To read about, uh, about, but also I yeah. just looked it up on Amazon. Gotham Central Omnibus. Mm-hmm. The very first listing. There's only ten left. It is eighty-eight dollars and twenty-five cents. Damn. Yeah. Man. It's good though. It's a good series. Um, I will say that. Yeah, I need to read that Jim Corrigan guy die because I need that closure. Um, I will say one thing. Read this series. It's fantastic. But if this was a show, you have two options at ending this series. She either does what she does in the book or you end it with her shooting him. Because like, and then she just goes to jail. Like that would be a great way to end a series too. Yeah. Because I was just like, yeah, you could end her. Like you have this, you have this character. It's, it's a la Walter White. Although I will say I'm not the biggest Breaking Bad fan. I was not a fan of Walter White trying to right all his wrongs at the end. I wanted him. I wanted Walter White. This is just personal opinion, writer as a writer in me. I wanted him to be the symbol of how cancer destroys somebody because he had cancer and he was constantly going down this and he was getting worse and worse and worse. And that's how cancer destroys family. Cancer destroys all this stuff. It destroys a person. Yeah. But the way he tried to right his wrong at the end, I was like, Meh. I wish he would have just killed everybody like because his family <laughs> turned on him yeah and, and jesse yeah. did like he should have just offed everybody but he offed the bad guys to go save jesse and we got a happy ending <laughs> i did not care about that um uh, it was still a great series i just wasn't a fan of the ending but here too she goes through so much shit that at the end 
you would still be okay with her shooting him. Yeah. I think. I yeah. think a majority of people would I, be fine. I like, think sure. that it would be okay. Now, a lot of people would probably, you know, fans of this series and fans of Renee Montoya altogether, because now we have a whole new corner of fans because of Birds of Prey, would be like, oh, yeah. but that's not the character. She wouldn't really mm-hmm. do that. But yeah. I think it would make it even better because this is a whole new envision of of this character that we haven't seen before yeah. in a live action media. I would really enjoy it. Um, like Juice said, this is definitely a book that I think you guys should pick up. Now, I just said the Omnibus is $88, but if you're okay with spending $7 in a month and you think you can finish it in 30 days, it's on freaking DC Universe. That's how we read it. We finished it in five. Yep. So uh, it's definitely doable. Um, if you have a whole day, because I was reading this at work. So I was reading 10 to 12 issues at work for eight hours. Yeah. Our job's really boring. We have a lot of time. <laughs> yeah, for real. Um, but I would also read issues. I probably read like, yeah, 10 to 12 a day, to be honest. But I also read like a couple when I came home. So, uh, but yeah, it's definitely doable. It's a good read. You'll just, it doesn't feel like it drags at any points where you're just like, oh, hurry up. This dialogue's too much. No, yeah. it's like really good. And the thing is, like, yeah, I don't know, man. I would love to see this as a show um, compared to the Gotham that we got on Fox. Like, I don't think it was as planned out as this was. I don't think they even thought... I don't think that show thought it was going to survive past season three, so that's why season four and five just felt like it was going nowhere. But I hope at some point with HBO trying to make Green Lantern shows and all this other crap, I hope that they drop a Gotham Central show at some point because Ed Brubaker does do TV shows now. So if he just goes to HBO and he's like, hey... Uh, me and Greg Rucka over here, we made this series called Gotham Central. It's way different than what y'all guys are, you know, CW or WB did over on Fox. Like, this would be a real true detective type show. Um, you know, this is our pitch. And they do it like that, that would be fantastic. For um, sure. Because, again, you would have a, you know, LGBT lead character. You would have a very diverse crew. You wouldn't have one, like, uh, particular lead character. It seems like a bunch of them will all have their own arcs. And then you could still have the Batman without having the Batman. You just got to have the white eyes and, like, I'll help this out or I'll do whatever. He comes in and he beats people or he does whatever. HBO, I think if you were to be like, okay, yeah, you can have the Batman. You can do whatever. You just can't use him in daylight or whatever. I think it would be great. You can't use Bruce Wayne, whatever. I would think that this would be such a great show because it's so noir. Ed Brubaker is so good at this stuff. Uh, I had just read of... I was Another thing that I really loved about this, and I didn't pick this series because it was Brubaker. I genuinely started reading it, and I was like, oh, shit. Like, I didn't know Brubaker was reading this. I thought it was Rucka. Um, I had just finished Brubaker's Catwoman, which is also a fantastic read. Highly suggest people to read that. For sure. Um, yeah, he's just a really good... And uh, if you haven't read a lot of Brubaker stuff... And the, another great thing about uh, Gotham Central that we didn't point out was this is in continuity with a bunch of other runs. Like, yes. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, the Spectre issue was a Crisis tie-in, an Infinite Crisis tie-in or something like that? Uh, it was a Final Crisis tie-in. Final Crisis. So, like, it was really interesting. Shazam showed up in it. Like, it was such a good series. 
And so if you want to read a lot of older Batman before, you know, New 52, this matches up perfectly. And they they like, also oh, cool. talk about No Man's Land. Uh, yeah. Uh, freaking Montoya actually says, hey, this is, you know, they talk about like a certain part of town that's like where she grew up. And they do name drop No Man's Land. So it was pretty cool that that happened. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, final thoughts. Final thoughts. This is an excellent story. Brubaker is an excellent writer. Uh, I'm really sad that Rucka is not Rucka too. That Rucka is not writing anything like this currently because his Lois Lane book aesthetically looks like something that Gotham Central uh, is, like mm-hmm. aesthetically, like I said. But the actual writing makes zero sense because he is being hindered by somebody who I don't like naming. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, Ed Brubaker is quickly becoming one of my favorite writers. Um, but unfortunately, again, Batman has so many years uh, under his belt that I just feel like I'm constantly finding new writers that are amazing. Uh, obviously, we've heard on this podcast for a long time that I've loved Tom King. But, you know, getting a change of pace with a Brubaker or a Joseph, uh, a Jeff Loeb. Or Joseph Loeb? Jeff Loeb. Jeff Loeb. Jeff Loeb. Yeah, Jeff Loeb. They're some of the best Batman writers, and I think, um, you know what? Like, if you really want to dive into just one character, you want to learn a lot about characters. Batman is probably the best thing you can do because they've eighty years. Like, they get really, they try to get really fancy with things they've done. And if you can just branch out something that rarely has to do with Batman and make something so good as this, I'm I'm all down for it. Like, I would love to see more Nightwing and you know more Batgirl and stuff in this kind of style fucking fantastic for sure give me give me brew baker again on batman after tinian i don't give a shit (laughs) like one of them but i don't think he's uh i think he's more into indie i read an art uh, i heard a podcast with him recently that i think he likes doing his own work now yeah so um you know that's unfortunate but hey you know more power to him but uh that's where we're gonna go ahead and wrap this up ladies and gentlemen so hopefully this will be on the bat from the box channel um we are gonna go ahead and wrap this up clay you got a pimp on any of your podcast yeah of course you can find me at the fanboy comics podcast on anchor uh mainly on anything else uh where you uh f- listen to your podcast that being itunes uh pocket cast uh stitcher anywhere really but uh i do three shows every single week thursday friday and saturday uh i dive into the marvel unlimited app i dive into the dc universe app and i've recently been doing a a big dive into the shonen jump app doing my hero academia reading dragon ball super and going all the way back to rironi kenshin uh, a personal favorite of mine but having a lot of fun doing that as well and if you would like to hear more about dc stuff uh for me personally i have a podcast with my friend mark at the comic book legion podcast Nice, nice, nice. One thing I didn't talk about, I forgot to mention at the start, and I'll mention it right here real quick, is we did mention this on the last podcast. Uh, freaking Three Jokers did get pushed back. It is coming out August 25th, if I'm not mistaken, and it will still be monthly, so it'll be August, September, October. Um, they released some more photos. They look fantastic. I just can't wait to get that book. I wanted to put that out there. And Batman is returning in the end of June. I think we talked about it. Yep. So we, we talked about the other stuff, yeah. But I just wanted to say that. Three Jokers did get pushed back, but it will be coming back. But anyways, uh, for me, check out my Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash juice from the box. Of course, I'm hopefully uploading this on Bat from the Box. There is something really cool that I cannot yet talk about that I will hopefully be talking about in the future. But uh, when I can talk about that, I will let you know these peeps on here know about it on the podcast. 
I got the burps. Sorry, guys. Uh, but that is going to be it, ladies and gentlemen. Just check out my YouTube channel. It's the same old, same old stuff. Links are in the description. But as always, ladies and gentlemen, he is Fanboy Clay. I am Juice Wayne. As always, nope, wrong one. Remember, Batman is <laughs> awesome. See you later. Batman!